Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we are off and running into the Tiger Tailgate and Show, Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show on this glorious Saturday afternoon as LSU gets ready for Auburn on the Plains as the Tigers are favored. The Tigers of purple and gold, by the way, are favored <laughs> by nine in this, in this matchup today against Auburn. He's Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback, also known as Herb TZ. He's even got the personalized license plate to prove it, TZ. Herb, how are you, man? You ready for this? I'm off the heasy, baby. Mm-hmm. You know how I am, man. I'm good. I'm, I'm ready for this beautiful day today, this um, great show that we're going to have today. But I'm also ready to see the Tigers beat down the Tigers tonight as well. The Purple and Gold Tigers. That's right. That's right. Herb, you've been a part of this uh, rivalry, and uh, you've, we've seen if it can go wrong between LSU and Auburn, it, it, if it, it can will. happen, <laughs> it's yeah. going to. Yeah, this is one of those, those, those games where, you know, I said it earlier in the week, where these teams are always very evenly uh, matched when it comes to talent, when it comes to rankings, when it comes to everything you can think of, stadium size, um, whatever you want to think of it. And it's, it's, it's one of those games where it's going to be really, really difficult for somebody who's going to make the most mistakes to win that game. And it's going to take one or two mistakes. That's it, I think. I think that nine-point spread is a little bit much, in my opinion. You think it's going to be a closer game? I think it's going to be a closer game. I only And I only think that because I, I know the history of this game. I mean, you go back and you look at the history of this game, I mean, it's always been a three-point win or a two-point win or a seven-point win or something like that. Nine points is just a lot. Even when, in t- what, 2019, when we had the greatest team in college football history ever, we only won 23 to 20. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm, don't get me wrong, we were facing a, a probably the best front seven we've ever faced, that team has ever faced that year or whatnot. But still, we had the, the – we were scoring 50 yeah. points a game, right? And we only scored 23. Yeah, look, five of the last six have been decided by less than three points yeah. between LSU yeah. and Auburn. and. Yeah. You know, it's an Auburn team, Herb, that you know, their coach, uh, his job is on the line. You know, <laughs> if he loses this game, Coach Harson, he's out. They're going to fire him, if he, especially if he loses it poor, badly. If it's a blowout, if, if the odds makers are right and LSU wins by 9 or 10, he's gone. Well, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's what the college landscape is, right? It's, it's, it's what have you done for me lately. When Brian was hired, what, four years ago, um, he was supposed to be the savior, the guy to come in and do everything. Um, to, to change that program around. But, however, Auburn is a place where you can recruit. You can get really great recruits there. Um, they, they put a lot of money into that program. It's not a pushover program. It can be a top-tier team um, and program. But Bryant's not getting the job done. And so if LSU goes out tonight and they win by 10 or more, I think you will be looking at tomorrow morning, Auburn saying it's time for him to go. 
Yeah, it's just the nature of the SEC. And uh, what I'm excited for is I think, Herb, we've talked about this leading up to this matchup and the incremental progress that LSU's defense has made is starting to begin to look like the LSU defense that we are accustomed to. They're flying to the football. They've bought in, and you're seeing that in their play lately. You know, it's weird because we say incremental, but they actually play really well from the very first game. Yeah. But what we've seen that's different is they're no longer running that 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 um, zone defense like they were against Florida State. Where you've seen so many guys running wide open or a guy on the, the defensive backfield for LSU is out of place. Now what they've done is they've gotten completely away from that and they said man to man and we're going to let these athletes roam and run around the field and, and just follow people and cover and make plays. And so I think the one of the best things that that's come out of the last four games, if you will, is the is the is the the way that this defense is playing. I think they've made a name for themselves. I think the the, the national media and I think everybody around SEC football knows that this is a defense that is coming to play game in and game out. And on offense, uh, Jaden Daniels has progressively gotten better. I think he's not turning over the football nope. like he did uh, at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's starting to work for, for LSU, both offensively and defensively. And now with Florida State, State ranked, that loss in week one doesn't seem all that bad. It's not a bad loss. Um, the, I think the, the worst part about the loss for that game is how we played. But we got to remember, Florida State had a game under their belt before. We did not. Um, this was on national TV. Um, this was the Brian Kelly's first game, Jaden Daniels' first game. We had we didn't know what the offensive line mix would be, um, and and so we still that with that loss, I think that that catapulted us to being where we are now today. Because I think Brian Kelly is a coach that goes back and says, "Okay, guys, this is what we did wrong. This is how we're going to fix it. This is how we're going to move forward." So, I think the offense is getting close. I think they're getting real close to where they need to be for this year, right? This is not going to be what you see out of this LSU offense for years to come. But this team this year, I think you're going to see high percentage um, um, passing by Jaden Daniels. It's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to get out of the pocket and run when he needs to. We're going to somewhat try to lean on the run game as our offensive line gets better. But we're going to try to get the ball out quickly and fast to those receivers and let those guys make plays. And I think that's what we're going to see with this team. We talked about the rivalry of LSU and Auburn. Some crazy things have happened. Remember the barn caught on fire, mm-hmm. earthquake game. Which one were you a part of? Were you a part of the, it? The, the, the fire. The fire. I had no idea the fire was going on. Zero. Yeah, the game kept kept going. Oh, we were playing. It, it was right behind our was bench. Was that at Tiger think, Stadium? Or, no, that was, was in Auburn. at Auburn. Okay. And it was like, I guess we were, the fire was behind us to, I guess, to my left, if you will. And I, and I had no idea because I was, I was in tune to that game. It was a... Every time we go play Auburn, and Auburn is a very tough game. It's not an easy game. Yeah, and then the earthquake game. Earthquake game right, is where huge. Yep. LSU scored a touchdown, and it registered on the uh, on the scale. I forget the, is I, it the name. Seismic. Yeah, size, like that? yeah. yeah. It, it registered. It was, a, it was a darn earthquake in Baton Rouge. So <laughs> I don't know how right. else to say it. The, fan, the fans caused an earthquake. That's right. I mean, that's crazy to think about. Um, that's right. And there was a couple more. It, Jamie Howard uh, – Heat against Auburn, six interceptions, three pick sixes in the fourth quarter? That was uh, 1994 is what that was, a year before I got there. And um, Jamie, we were up. I think we were up by like 28 points or yeah. so. And and Coach kept just calling pass plays. And for whatever reason, they kept going into the other 
you know teams' hands and Auburn's hands, and and so yeah, that was a that was not a good a good deal right there. We lost that game, um, but the following year, Jamie came back in '95, which was my freshman year, and that was the time we beat them in Tiger Stadium that game, and uh, Troy Twilly caught the final interception at the end of the game that sealed the deal. Okay. All right, we're just getting started here but on the Once again, field. another close game. Yeah. I mean, I'm just telling you. It's that kind of the theme is that. That's right. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. Next week, LSU takes on Tennessee, and I just want to put this uh, out there for the fans. We're going to be at Drago's and Metairie for the post game because it's an 11 o'clock kickoff, and Drago's doesn't open that early. Uh, so we're going to do a post-game show from Drago's and Metairie uh, yep. after the Tennessee game. And I think that's going to be a whale of a test for LSU. But first, they have to get by Auburn. And, man, um, Auburn, it's hard to make them out in terms of do they have an identity? I don't think you can find one. They don't. They're still trying to find the quarterback. They, I, I don't know. They're not a passing team. They're not really a running team. Um, but they have – Tank Bixby is one of the one of the best best. Why don't in the they hand it to him thirty five times? Uh, this is one of the reasons why Brian Harson may not be there come tomorrow morning. And and you know if it were me, I would turn around and, like you say, hand the ball off to him thirty five, forty times a game, or at least find a way to get the ball in his hands. Um, however, uh, you know the identity of Auburn's football team is they're going to try to play strong and physical up front, offense and defensive line. They're going to try to pressure the quarterback on defense and try to take the ball away from you as best as they can, but they really don't have that identity this year as a team. And then they're going to try to, on offense, is they're going to try to run the ball, but not with the right person. And they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation. I know T.J. Finley is out this week, and um, Ashford, I think is his name, he's starting and whatnot, and um, it's going to be hard for him to, to get going. He you know, he just likes to run the football. When I mean run the football, I mean just literally run the football. He's not really looking downfield to get the ball out of his hands and get the ball to some playmakers or whatnot. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's going to be a tough task for Auburn to, tonight against LSU's defense as well. So I just, I, you know, I truly believe that the identity of both of these teams right now are going in two different directions. I think LSU is, is trending upwards, and I think that Auburn is trending down. And I don't think Auburn's going to be able to recover from what's about to happen tonight yeah look i i don't i for the life of me i can't understand why auburn doesn't hand it to that big old boy 30 to 35 times that's that's all they pretty much have on offense um they're not very good on defense and, and we're saying this and and then watch you know auburn's going to give them a game tonight and then lsu fans are going, oh herbert chris you said they weren't very good well they're not but if lsu what concerns me is lsu perhaps feeling themselves a little bit and looking forward too much to that tennessee game so I agree, but I don't think that they're going to be doing that. I think that the difference to me is this is just one of those games where Auburn and LSU always comes down to the end, the bitter end, and you can be the better team and still lose. How much time do you think Brian Kelly spent this week playing those games, the earthquake game, the, 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 the barn fire, I mean, all these close games and all these big moments, Cam Newton's big run against LSU. I mean, how many times do you think he – he has played that or showed that to them. I would hope he showed it to them a, a ton of times. But I also would hope that he went back and looked at the mistakes that they made last week, week before. How can we better those mistakes? But the, then again, there's another segment to, you know, a team meeting to saying past LSU-Auburn games. doesn't matter how good you are, how good you think you are, 
doesn't matter what it, whatever, none, none of it matters. This is a game that only these next three hours is going to matter. Who does the best? Who's going to minimize mistakes? Who's going to maximize the potential of being great? And who's going to, to punch the other team in the mouth, period? Mike Dettelier joining us now. Mike D's Notebook is brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center at Thibodeau Regional Health System. Mike, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So we saw last week, Auburn should have lost last week to Mizzou. Mm-hmm. And the running back couldn't hold on to the ball to break the plane. So my question becomes, do you, are you buying what the odds makers are, are, are selling, which is a nine-point LSU favorite? Yeah, it's a, it's an eight-point game. Um, and so, so down? Yeah, well, uh, depending on where you bet. If it's yeah, you yeah. Know, if they get nine somewhere or eight somewhere, whatever. But, um, you know, I, I think LSU is the, the better team this year. Uh, and also to uh, attitude uh, about how they take this game. You know, Brian has made it clear all week long that we, we've made some mention about what's happened in the past here, but this is 2022. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't worry about what happened in 2011 or 2019 or 2000 or whatever. We're playing in the present, and be prepared because old Auburn's going to hit you. You know, they, they're going to come after you. One of the things I'll never forget was Les, when he was there, would always sort of say to me, when I look at Auburn's defense, they look a lot like us. You know, now he never compared his offense to them, which you know he couldn't compare too many to that. Um, <laughs> or what he was running, but but he always sort of looked at that front seven as similar. Mm-hmm. And I think Auburn's defensive front line is pretty good. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I I think Derek Hall. And you'll get to see it tonight, number 29. He is a really good football player. And they've got some uh, younger guys along that defensive front that can play. Their linebacking core has been El Succo. It really has not. They have not played well. Um, they, they take wrong angles uh, to the ball carrier. And they get caught out of position. Uh, their secondary, and, and Herb, you can remember, they've always had really good secondary people. I don't know who's recruiting their corners and safeties, but that guy's doing a pretty good job. They got talent back there, but the problem has been they have not gotten a real good pass rush consistently. And so, um, you know, it's – but I always look at games as attitude uh, in that you jump on this team early, how much fight they got left in them. And and are they willing to fight for their coach? Because – you can say, I don't read the newspaper. I don't look at social media. Come on. That's a bunch of horse hockey. It, it, everybody does it. I don't care if you're a coach, an athletic director, or a player. You all read it. And you know your coach is in trouble. Now, do you bow that back and say, okay, we're going we're gonna to play hard here? Or if LSU jumps on them early, Say well, okay. Uh, everybody sort of expected. Fold this. the tent, fold the tent. Pack yeah, it up. And, and so my thing with them offensively is, in watching their offensive line, they've had some real struggles, especially inside center guard. My goodness, they, they haven't played well there. A lot of penetration, even Missouri. Uh, I mean, they were racing in there at times. Um, I'm a big Tank Bigsby fan. Always have been. Uh, I saw him as a as a younger player, much younger, when he was in high school. 
and I, I thought the world of him. And, and he's got his weight down. <laughs> uh, put it to you this way. Tank was, uh, they list him at 215. Uh, I want to get on that scale because uh, <laughs> I think he's a little heavier than that. But he was much heavier than that before. And he, he's a load. And so you, you understand who's the main guy here. Now, last year, I thought LSU overall did a pretty good job stopping the run, but Bo Nix had the game of a lifetime. I mean, running around, making plays. He got away from pressure at least five times and, and threw darts downfield. Um, and Bo probably never played that way again, but it was his one shining moment, uh, so to speak. But this is an attitude game for both teams. And, and Brian has preached it all week long. This is not about Auburn. It's about us. What's your attitude to take to this game? And, and don't look ahead to next week when you play in Tennessee. we got to take care of business this week against Auburn. Uh, we understand that there, there's some talent there because I do know one thing. Those players know who Auburn has on that team. A lot of those guys are being recruited by LSU. Yep. Mike, how many and NFL so, players – Go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. And, and so my thing about it is the players understand that. But you can't get caught looking ahead. Uh, I, and I, I said this a couple of weeks back. I don't take nothing away from Tulane because uh, their defense is legit. <laughs> I mean, they, they can play defense. But you can't tell me Kansas State wasn't looking ahead to play Oklahoma that week. It's, it's human nature. LSU can't get caught in this spot taking a peek at what's coming up next week when they play a really good Tennessee team. And that'll be, that, that'll be quite a test. But, uh, uh, again, for Brian, he's trying to establish this attitude that, hey, one week, turn the page, and it's this week. And what happened in the past, we can all talk about it because there have been some crazy stuff happening in these games. Man, real crazy. And my former neighbor, he was involved with it, Tom Hodgson. You know, in the earthquake game, um, you know, his mom and dad still live maybe a quarter of a mile from me, not far. And so it's um, there's been some nutty games and, and uh, ebb and flow type games. But you understand who you're going up against. And a lot of those guys, I know Coach O and his staff are trying to recruit him to come to LSU. So you understand they got some pretty good players on that team. Mike, between LSU and Auburn, how many NFL players are we looking at uh, either this, this you know, 2023 or 2024? Well, LSU got more. I know that. Um, you know, LSU probably, I'm going to say probably has 16 to 17 draft choices over the next two years. Auburn's probably 9 to 10. And, and maybe I'm give, stretching a little bit on 10. But I think that it goes to show the talent level has dropped off considerably. And, you know, Cam was unbelievable that one year. You think about that one-year shot. Has there been a, a bigger impact guy in one year than what he did? And he took Mike, Herb and, I, Herb and I were talking about that before you came on, just running down some of those great college uh, quarterbacks in particular – a guy like Cam Newton who just destroyed LSU. And and he was unbelievable. But he was unbelievable against everybody. I mean, it wasn't yeah. just LSU. I mean, it was every week he put on a show. So I think the big difference, though, 
I see from those teams maybe, say, from 07 until 15 and 16 and today is up front, offensive, defensive line, linebackers. I, I thought Auburn's talent level was much better uh, up front in the trenches than what they are today. And, you know, LSU's going through that transition. Isn't it, guys? Same way. Not, not so much yep. along the defensive line, but along the offensive line, you see it. And um, so, uh, again, it is what it is. But it's an attitude game for both teams. And Brian wants to set the tone here that, hey, whatever happened in the past, okay, well, we can talk about it, but we got to do this in 2022. You can't worry about what happened five years ago, eight years ago, ten years ago. You got to worry about what you can do as a team today. And you know what? I like that. I, I, man, I don't live in the past. You live in the past, you die in the past. But mm-hmm. you got to live for today and understand that Auburn's got some players on that team. Now, what I don't know, guys, is how much fight they got in them. You know, that, that's, and nobody can tell you that. But I think if LSU jumps on them early, it might be a difficult game because then you can't lean on Bixby. You know, you know, you got to yep. come back some kind of way. Is Auburn patient enough to want to run the football to try to come back against LSU? And I think the most impressive thing about LSU from game two on has been their defense and their aggressiveness. Herb, you, you watch these uh, LSU defenses and how quickly they swarm to the ball carrier. Yep. How they've been able to get a pass rush. Now, Mason Smith's lost for the year, but B.J. O'Jolari's been hurt. And still, getting a pass rush with four. And every once in a while, you know, that uh, that Perkins kid can play. And uh, mm-hmm. listen, uh, uh, I got a three-year-old granddaughter that could have figured that out real quick. You watch <laughs> him in practice, he didn't need to play a game. Man, he is unbelievably fast from like point A to point B to get into the backfield. If you don't get your hands on him early, you're in trouble because he jumps in there like a track sprinter. He's got that type of explosiveness uh, coming off the edge. It'll be interesting to see Auburn. Does LSU attack their interior where they've lost a couple centers, Mm -hmm. they've lost some guards? Man, I'd go after that because that quarterback, (laughs) the worst thing, what's the worst pressure you get from? They ain't from right the outside, the mm-hmm. right up the middle. Man, you like, hey, somebody block them. Give me a shot somewhere uh, along the lines here. And if I'm LSU, uh, I try to attack that interior, which Missouri did and had success. Well, you can't compare Missouri's defensive line, linebacker talent to what LSU has. LSU is no. much better. No, that's right, Mike. Let me ask you one question, man. I I hear everything you're saying. Everything sounds great, and I think Coach Kelly is barking up the right tree. This year is this year, game for game. Um, you turn the page and you move on to the next game. So, how does Coach Kelly get these guys to focus on tonight at Auburn versus thinking about next week at Tennessee or at home versus Tennessee? I think one of the things he talks about is consistency in practice and focus. And, and I, I think every week he takes a little bit different 
sort of attitude toward how he handles game day. And mm-hmm. I think that Mississippi State game, and we may look at this later on and say, that was the game that finally it clicked. Because, you know, you, you've been through a lot at LSU. You won a national championship. Then you had two uh, middle of the road, one losing season, one uh, 500 season. And now you got a new coach. Buy into what I'm selling you. Mm-hmm. Buy into what we preaching to you. Because if you believe in me, you're going to bust your ass for me. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't believe in me, <laughs> then you're not going to do it. You might say you do, but really you don't. And I think that's been the theme this week that he has preached to this team. Believe in what we're preaching. Believe in what we are coaching you. And let's take this game to game. Let's not worry about what's going to happen next week. Let's not worry, worry about what happened in the past. Worry about what's happening in the present. And that's how you got to live your life. And he's singing a different song than in the past maybe with Coach Miles and what Coach O did. You know, it, it's, it's a little bit because Coach O was always about energy. I mean, yeah. that, that's how he sort of motivated people. It was all about energy. With less, it was about toughness. You'd like to have both, but I think one of the things Brian Thiem has been this week is consistency. Let's not be that Jekyll and Hyde team. Let's get a little bit better each week. And I I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but I like what he's preaching to the choir, so to speak. I, I like that sentiment that he's preaching to him. And you think about you've got a little bit of confidence now, the way you play on defense. And, guys, having the secondary played much better than we thought they would play? A yep. lot better. Yep. To be honest with you, Mike, the entire – Defense, aside from the, the, the defensive line, I think has played more like LSU defense that we're accustomed to. Yeah, defensive line, though, uh, you know, I knew what talent they had there, okay? Um, in the linebacking core with Micah and, and Perkins and those guys, you sort of knew a little bit. Did we know anything about these corners? Nothing. Ain't a one of, you know, none of them playing. So little to no time, you don't have anybody. All these guys are all new. You had some injuries at the safety position. But, man, that has been really impressive in how quickly they have bought into what is being taught. Now, all I know is Stingley's in the NFL, Flock's in the NFL, Elias Ricks. He made a business decision. He goes to Alabama. McLaughlin's at Arkansas. He did the same thing. So your top four corners, they broke out of here. Mm-hmm. They, they were out. Okay, how many teams? Okay, my fifth and sixth corners, uh, step on up. <laughs> no, no that, right. that's not how it works. So they had to use the transfer portal, and they did a good job. And you've seen the, the freshmen. You've seen Welsh playing more and more. Uh, so, man, that, to me, is the biggest surprise. The offensive line, to me, is still is gotten better, but it's still a work in progress. I want to see a little bit more out of the running game other than Daniels, who's really, <laughs> man, he, he's, he's special. Uh, the way he can move away from people and throw it on the run, he does that well, and also his ability 
to plant his foot in the ground and take off running. And you're seeing defensive backs with an angle and not a good one because he outruns them. Uh, but they're getting more and more of their receivers involved. I, I like the fact that Besh is back and he's healthy. And he told me in the summer, he's like, hey, he said, Coach Mike, he said, I'm telling you, I'm going to be the punt returner this year. I'm like, okay, uh, that's not what I'm reading. He said, well, I don't know what you're reading. But he said, I'm going to be the punt returner this year. So then he hurts his foot. So none of that. And, you know, I said a couple times on Sports Talk that, he, man, he had been preaching to me that. Well, sure enough, on a ticky-tack call, he got one taken back. But yeah, I, yeah. Feel better with, <laughs> I feel better best, with yeah. that running and returning punts because I know how good he is in there. Yep. Now is the time, though, to press that button on Kayshawn Booty. Hit that, pre- hit that button on him. And, and let him get involved with that because we've seen how good Malik is. Jare Jenkins is, you know, he's mm-hmm. an outstanding player. Brian Thomas has got yep. a lot, a lot of talent. And, you know, you're seeing more and more of Kyron Lacey and, and, and Chris Hilton. Man, they got a, they got receivers. <laughs> Every one of those guys are going to get a chance to play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing the cupboard wouldn't bear, and that was nope. that wide receiver. Mike, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Y'all take care, bud. All right, Mike Natillier. Thank you, Mike. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. This is football weather. Well, slightly cooler back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Herb, you being the Saints fan that you are, we'll talk a little Saints right here in London. Andy Dalton going to be the starter Likely going to be the starter. Mm-hmm. We've got to use that phrase because we don't know. Yet. It hasn't definitively been announced yep. uh, necessarily, officially. But Jameis Winston, you and I talked about him after week two, I believe it was. And you're you're a Winston proponent. You, you wanted to see yep. him get a chance. Yep. I did too. And I thought there was a chance that maybe perhaps because we all we know you and I talked about this too. So much about your success as a quarterback is about fit and about where what organization you're with. I mean, look at. Look at a number of instances where you know a guy didn't work out one one place, it worked out Steve Young, right? Didn't work out in Tampa Bay, uh, works out for him pretty well in San Francisco. So I'm going around this kind of meandering a little bit, but Andy Dalton now likely to get the start, <laughs> and um, Jameis Winston. I think it's one of, the, one of those things where, hey, we think you should rest, and oh, Andy Dalton played well. We're going to continue to go with him. I think there's an opportunity for that. So we saw Andy in the Saints uniform play very well in the preseason. And, I mean, he looked like a superstar. I mean, he looked great. He looked comfortable. He looked like he, uh, you know, he had the ability to lead this team to a Super Bowl in that one preseason game. Now, I will say this. Andy Dalton has had a really good stint in Cincinnati. I thought he played well. He just was in a wrong. Um, he was the scapegoat. He was definitely the scapegoat out of, out of Cincinnati. Um, that way, that's why Joe Burrow ended up there. Correct. And then, so you have, you know, he moved on and went to Dallas. I think he made one of the stop before that. But he played well in Dallas. He did okay. But he was never going to be the guy because they have Dak. And so now you have Jameis here in New Orleans. And I wanted Jameis to do well because of what I saw at the beginning of last year before he got hurt. He's playing well. He played very well. He was one of the top players in the country or in the, in the, in the league at that time. The problem is we haven't seen that Jameis yet this year. 
We've and seen Jameis from Tampa Bay. Correct. And and that's the Jameis that no one wants. And in my mind, I can't. we can't afford to continue to put that guy out. This team is assembled right now to win now. So we can't we can't have one guy, quote unquote. And I'm not. And, I, and look, at the end of the day, we can't blame it all on the not one guy. Not exclusively, no. However, this is the guy we see making the either mistakes or not mistakes or whatever, who's causing the team to not play as well. I think that Andy Dalton actually has the 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 pedigree to lead this team right now, this team this yeah. year, to a deep run in the playoffs. To be honest with you, if he cannot get hurt. If he can get the ball out of his hands, get it to the receivers, and, and, and let those guys make the plays. The, Jameis' biggest problem is he's second-guessing everything he's doing. And he wants the big play. The biggest difference between Andy Dalton and, and Jameis Winston is patience. Andy Dalton has patience. And Andy's big play is going to come from the other side of the play, not what he wants to do. Yeah. Meaning Jameis wants to throw the ball 50 yards down the field. Andy wants to throw it 15 and let the guy run 50. Uh-huh. So I, I, in my mind, I think that's the way that – it should be right. That's what – and I can't call it Sean Payton's offense, but I guess I can because it probably is. It is. That's Sean Payton's <laughs> offense. That's what it's made for. It's the, it's the dinky dunks until you get them to come up yeah. and then you hit them one shot over the head. That's what they do. Yeah. And the dinky dunks are not dinking dunks like in Dallas or whatever. It's 15-yard in routes. It's, you know, it's 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 out routes uh, at 12 yards and, and rolling. It's it's comebacks, the deep comebacks at 18 and it's a lot of middle of the field with the, the, the tight ends. But you got to get the ball out, though. You can't just sit there and pat the ball and, and look around and hope that the, the third option is open before you look at the first and second, you know? Yeah, look, this offense is built for – it's constructed for the quarterback mm-hmm. and the receivers, the skill guys, to, to get them in space and allow them to run. And Jameis has not allowed for those uh, – those, those, those particular schemes are concepts to play in his favor. I think that Jameis wants to do it physically. He's not trying. Let me not say it like that. What he's what he tries to does is tries to do it physically instead of doing it mentally. This offensive scheme is all about mentality and understanding um, progressions and understanding spots, understanding um, um, negotiated areas prior to you throwing the football. I mean, it's it's. It's, it's intricate to the point of where all you got to do is go down the line, go through the progression. I promise you it's going to be there. And it's not it's not a difficult thing. But I think instead of him playing heady football, he's playing physical football. And I think that's what gets him in trouble because he's late on it, and then he tries to fire it in there. And it, by that time, these NFL safeties and corners are there. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. We'll get back to LSU and Auburn on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Wrapping up our first hour here of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text lines are open at 504-260-1870. Herb Tyler alongside. I'm Christian Garrick. Getting you set for LSU and Auburn. The odds makers will tell you LSU is going to walk away with this or run away with this thing. Favored by nine on the road, which you, know, you typically get three points for home field advantage. And LSU is favored by nine, so in theory they would be favored by 12 if they were playing in Tiger Stadium. And Herb vehemently uh, is trying to tell you this is going to be much closer than the odds makers are letting on to be. Three points or less unless Brian gets those guys fired up and then they go out and we beat them by 48, baby, 48. <laughs> I love how random Herb is. <laughs> All right, one hour down, one more to go. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.